Well, good evening, everybody. So yeah, obviously it's not the uh, Saturday Night Live that we normally do, but we are on tonight with Marco Tassone. Uh, just going through well, a little bit about what's going on in his life, uh, the new car that he's built, and then also just sort of doing a quick recap of our event that we had yesterday out at Stratotech Park, which was our first round of the Grassroots uh, Drift Series, which I don't know, couldn't have turned out better better than that so um we're just gonna wait for marco to request to join here but while we're waiting for that we'll go through a few things um this week there isn't going to be open drift practice so there's nothing going on this week give everybody a week off to collect some more tires and uh save some money on fuel and hopefully get back out there on the 23rd so july uh june 23rd is the next uh, drift event that we have and we'll be talking a little bit more about that. I see Marco's in here so let's jump right in and start chatting with him. Wait for it to load. It's coming. Hey how's it going? How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh excellent to uh, chat with you again. I mean it's been a long time. We were out yesterday kind of spending the entire day in the sun and uh while well, a day at the track is never a bad thing. Uh, let's go yeah. go along and maybe give your views on the first grassroots event that we've held. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, watching it obviously is uh, it was was really exciting. Uh, not drifting, it's definitely a little bit less stressful, uh, but still really exciting to uh, to be a part of that. Uh, the thing I really liked about the grassroots competition yesterday was seeing kind of the two different uh, levels of drivers mixing it up. You know, you got the underdog guys that, you know, not necessarily competing in the Pro-Am series with, with fully caged, specced out cars, but still throwing down and, and hanging in there with uh, with these big power cars like Drutz and Pollard and, and, and you know, those types of guys. So um, it was really good to see that. A lot of cool stories developing, seeing some guys, uh, um, you know, driving really consistent and getting used to, uh, you know, new builds. Like Cameron Supar obviously had a season with that 350Z, but really looks like he took a big step forward yesterday. Um so yeah, it was really good to see, really fun to be a part of. I think we had a really good turnout uh, in the crowd and uh, really lucked out with the weather as well too. Yeah, I think that was probably a great thing to see. I like to see the stands full of people and enjoying the sunshine out there at Stratotech. I mean, we went through two years where we were telling people never to come back. Don't, don't come, you can't come, 50 people only. So mm -hmm. to be able to really welcome everybody in and the food trucks, having the vibe going on out there was really cool. Um, that being said, like, I, I agree the, the aspect of having the pro cars going against, you know, maybe what would be class, the underdog guys was really great to see. I mean, people that would have seen it would have said, you guys planned it all out and we put Chris Pollard and Brian Drutz, the first battle out, but it was the most random thing, drew a number out of the hat, Ryan drew 16th, Chris drew first, and we were like, how else is this going to work? Uh, we'll just give a little quick recap. So Ryan had a had a mechanical failure, so it kind of knocked him out, probably finishes him off at about fifth place. But Chris, very much like the shootout last year in Mission, got knocked out the first battle in the top 16 and battled his way back all the way to third place in the King of the Hill bracket. So, I mean, I guess he got to drive a ton, and so did Ryan. So... Mm -hmm. They really got their tandem practice in there. Uh, so 
obviously you've had a couple of years of, of struggle. Um, I'll let you go through that and sort of maybe jump in and tell us where you're at this year and what you got planned. Yeah, two, uh, two tough seasons back to back, I'd say, um, you know, filled with a lot of, uh, a lot of struggles mechanically, obviously the main thing. Um, but yeah, obviously went through, uh, uh, some, some engine issues, uh, a lot of random issues as well. So, you know, it was a tough year financially, mentally, even physically putting in late nights to, to get a car ready. And then ultimately not, you know, not being able to, to really drive it at all last year was obviously a, a big disappointment, um, especially going into a year where I felt like the setup that I was bringing to the table would have been like really competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, two years ago uh, was, was the year where, you know, we made really big upgrades to the SR and, uh, got us into the, the 400 horsepower territory from, you know, what I was making before, which was probably around 250. Right. Um, and that year started off pretty strong, but then unfortunately had the, the engine failure and mission there that first year. Um, wanted to come back stronger uh, for, for Shadow Bash. So we put in some late nights, getting the car back together just to be able to make it out to one of the best drift events that's really ever happened in North America. Definitely the best drift event that's ever happened in Canada. Um so, you know, putting a lot of late nights to make that happen. Unfortunately, had another engine failure um, day one, but at least it was halfway through the day. So I got a good half day of like tons of seat time, you know, half a day of two days still felt like a lot of seat time. So, nice. um, and then, yeah, last year made it a priority and a goal to be ready early as possible. So, I mean, if I remember correctly, my engine, my car was on the dyno by February. Our first event wasn't until July. And, uh, you know, those next three months were just filled with, issue after issue after issue whether it had been issues with brand new wiring harnesses or ecu failures or rocker arms um you know there's a joke around the shop at triple s there that i went through more rocker arms than tires last season <laughs> so Probably it was uh, it was a, yeah a tough tough battle for sure the last two seasons but uh you know keep your head up and, and keep going so uh this year triple s uh fortunate enough that uh triple s was able to to put together a new car for me um so i'll be jumping into austin jensen's old s14 uh which will come with with wise fab and uh, a bunch of a bunch of goodies it's basically ready to go other than the engine and the wiring um so we've you know we've gone through the car and, and done some made some changes to kind of suit uh, my driving style a little bit better we've gone with the 2jz vbti so we're switching over from uh, the s R20 to the six cylinder Jay-Z. So, you know, obviously the big thing there is reliability, being able to make a bunch more power, but still being in what's considered reliable territory for that engine. And obviously having that engine built by professionals at triple S having that car, um, you know, built by all everybody at triple S has had hands on it in one way or another. So, um, you know, to have a bunch of talented people coming together to put together a car is obviously really exciting. So I'm really looking forward to being able to shred with that car this year. Yeah, I guess obviously with the uh, Triple S running a two-car team, hopefully back to a three-car team. Um, yep. If Austin, we can get him convinced to drive again because I think he had only started to tap into his potential and where drifting could take Austin. Um, but obviously, like, uh, you've been around for, for a number of years now. And, you know, multiple fan-favorite awards you've got on the podium with that SR and now going to the 2J, I think that just makes sense for Triple S. Again, maybe just uh, a combination of spares packages go a lot yeah. easier where, you know, if they weren't in the trailer before, maybe it's something that, that can be there, right? So I think that's a really good uh, step, and we're really looking forward to having you back out there. 
Um, give a little bit of background, uh, how you got into drifting and what, what bit so hard that kind of took you and now, I mean, you work at a tuner shop, you're, you know, I see you the last three years, just everything has been drifting, even though the mechanical failures and stuff like that, it's just been inspiring to see you back over and over and over trying to, to get into it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been a roller coaster for sure. And it's crazy how quick time flies. Like I'm sitting here in 2022 realizing it's been over 10 years now that I've been around the drifting scene. It's like, wow, that time flies. Um, felt like only yesterday. Um, yeah, my first, first memory of drifting, I was in high school, grade 10 and, uh, sitting in class one day and, uh, you know, a, a fellow student that was interested in cars mentioned that there was drifting in Edmonton. I'm like, I've never heard of that before. The last time I heard of drifting was at uh, the Edmonton Indy and the drift demos that were going on there. I, I didn't right. necessarily know that we had a homegrown series at the time. Um, so obviously being interested in drifting in cars, not knowing really anything at the time. I knew how to change my own oil. That was about it. Um, you know, knew that I heard, heard that Specty practice was happening that night. So we all jumped in a car at the end of the day, of, at the end of the school day, and we drove out to Castro Raceway and not really knowing what to expect. Um, there was a number of pro cars there. I can't remember exactly who, obviously, though the one that I remember would be you because you gave me my first ride along. Um, you know, just a grade 10 student, no idea what, what was going on, really. I walked up to you. I obviously loved, uh, loved the FCR X7, loved how it sounded. So walked up to you and said, uh, hey, can I go for a ride along? And you were obviously like, yeah, jump right in. And, you know, we got in the car and same experience that most people tell me when I take them for a ride along. It's, it's very different from what you expect. Um, watching it from the outside, it looks um, smooth and poetic, which it still is. But in the car, it's like a roller coaster, but a lot more fun is right. the way I would put it. You're, you know, you're on the ground, uh, you're going super fast, you're, you're, you're shaking around, you're, you feel the vibrations of the car, and it's an absolute riot. So for me, going for a ride along in a car at that time that was obviously a higher level car, uh, it, it blew my mind. And right that second, I knew I was going to get into it. And uh, it took me quite a few years. Obviously, I was a grade 10 student. So making uh, Sobe's income and not able to really afford it at the time, I just wanted to get involved and do what I could to to grow my knowledge and my understanding of the sport. So I started volunteering for, for Spec D. Uh, you know, I was the, the cone guy for many years, running around, picking up cones. And um, you're just learning so much, just, you know, like a sponge, soaking up all the information uh, from the drivers, going for as many ride-alongs as I could, watching what guys are doing, the different styles, the different uh, approaches that they take to drifting. Um, and just trying to be as, as attentive as possible. And, um, eventually got to a point where even though I was in university, I was working a little bit more. So I was finally able to sort of afford it. Um, ended up buying a really cheap daily car so that I could afford a drift car. And then I bought the 180 SX, which, uh, I've obviously been driving up until last year and, uh, just kind of slowly learned. I actually did technically learn on a simulator at the time. Okay. Um, I, I did have a Logitech G27 or G25, I think at the time set up and just kind of learn the basic mechanics of how the wheel is going to react and you know what when you need the f certain braking and clutching and then over time just got super comfortable with it and then by the time i went out to my actual first spec d drift practice in my 180 i was actually able to somewhat link the course right. um so it was a good it was a good way to kind of get some experience under the belt without spending a ton of money on, on, on tires and parts. But obviously once I did the real thing, I never went back to the simulator. I haven't sim raced since then. It's oh, really? been nothing but uh, real <laughs> tires for sure. Nothing but yeah. actual tangible tires. So, um, 
but uh, yeah, just, I guess a couple of years of drifting. I was in the amateur series first and then just was really hungry to, to keep going. So upped my car into the pro-am. I think at the time I borrowed a year old race suit that barely fit me. It was probably one or two sizes too small. And uh, one of your, one of your racing seats that had some welding holes in it and yeah. uh, w- was able to, to meet the safety requirements at the time and get into the pro-am series. Um, that year I had my first engine failure that I ever had. And, uh, I was fortunate enough to be, to be hooked up with Corey at triple S motorsports who, uh, sponsored me and helped me out with getting, getting the SR 20 rebuilt. It was Raymond, Raymond Chung at the time that helped me out. Who's also working on the, the 2J this year. Um, got that engine back up and running and ended up uh, finishing off that season with my first podium, which, which was really cool. And right. obviously, uh, Corey offered me a job at triple S and now I've been working there for four or five years. Right. Just, you know, building cars and, and supporting the, the dream of, of going drifting. Well, I see, I see your mom is watching. I see her jumping in there and, uh, you know, saying that. And now you've traced it all back to your ride along in my car. So to her, I guess I apologize that I ruined your life with <laughs> drifting and, and basically, yeah. Yeah, you know, got you to volunteer and help out. I mean, there's, there's so many stories like that where people, you know, they just come out and it's, and you know, so many times it was your attitude at the practices, at the events, cheering louder than anybody else on the sidelines. So I think that when you got into competing really just showed, you know, that same positive, positive attitude, right? Um, and that's really what, uh, you know, inspires myself to, to do the events, try to get them bigger, to bring, uh, like, we've had, this will be the second time that Chelsea Denofa will be coming out and, and sort of giving his his class on on suspension setup and and whatever we got going on you know just to inspire the drivers maybe give them some pointers on driving and working on sponsorship proposals whatever and you know that's that's just been a, a huge inspiration right when guys really appreciate it you see them giving everything it makes you know us at the series want to give that much more back so that you know it can be an amazing experience so when you look back you have all these times where you're sitting in a classroom bsing with you know arguably one of the top drivers in the world so mm-hmm. um, what what is i guess you were at his first uh class that yeah. he was here and i'm not sure were you driving that event as well I was. Yeah. Um, I, I remember, I remember that experience very vividly, obviously. Um, you know, Chelsea's a legend in, in the yeah. drifting scene. He's, he's been around not necessarily since the start. I don't think, I think he got into it like in FD five or five or so years after the start of FD. Yeah. Um, but he's been a legend ever since he's been in the sport and uh, obviously crazy talented driver drives with a lot of style and, and like you said everybody looks up to him so I, I do remember that i remember the course very vividly i remember um the a lot of the setup ideas that he went through and just kind of the the different um i guess bits of knowledge that he was able to share with us um and another thing i really remember about that event is uh i showed up a little bit early we kind of set up the course and then chelsea wanted a car to test out uh yeah. for the for the course so obviously i offered mine like yeah jump right in right yeah. so he jumped in i jumped passenger and uh he went out for a run did the whole course linked it obviously perfectly like he's been driving his car my car his whole life yeah. and uh and as soon as his, the run ended he looked at me and he said hey you have positive ackerman meaning like your your leading tire has uh less steering angle than your than your trailing tire and i'm like 
how do you know that? Like, how did, how did you feel that? And he's like, well, I could just feel like under angle, the car slows down slightly. And I, I, I not necessarily didn't believe him, but I was skeptical. So we got out of the car and he showed me, he steered my wheels all the way to the right. Yeah. And we looked and sure enough, he was completely correct. He was able to just feel that by driving the car. So that was kind of like a, an eye-opening experience of, of, you know, that, that guy's level of knowledge and um, ability to kind of feel things out like that. So, yeah, I definitely remember that. I'm definitely looking forward to, to being able to um, throw down in front of him with a, with a bunch of other drivers from spec D hopefully, uh, you know, see if he's kind of seen a change in the level of driving in spec D, right. Cause it's been probably four ish years now since he came here. Yeah. I think he was only on four. year two or the first year of his deal with the RTR team. So like it was just mm -hmm. fresh and I mean, he's fresh. been there for five years now. So I think this is his yeah. year with RTR. Um, and our series has come a long way since then. Oh, he's come a long like way. A I, long mean, way. I, I see our drivers definitely coming a long way. Um, mm -hmm. The biggest thing is just the, you know, for, for us in the judges tower, when we started watching the runs, I mean, mission track is, is amazing. We can get a really high speed run up and to see you guys like throwing in there at, you know, close to these 140 kilometer hour entries, <laughs> on a blind corner is, is amazing, right? And uh, the builds are good, but the drivers have just really, really stepped up. I mean, a lot of people have said when you've jumped into Aaron's car at the practice days, like how well you drive that S14 with the 2J. So do you think that's just going to aid in maybe like the learning curve going into a new, because it is a new chassis and new engine for you? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I remember the first time I jumped in it and the first run I did was, it was weird. Like I, I, I didn't expect the weight of the Jay-Z to make much of a difference in the way that the car handled and felt. And that really threw me off guard. And I almost kind of dis disliked it at first. And, and that's kind of what led me to holding on to the SR for so long was like, oh, I prefer the lighter engine up front. I prefer the way that the car st steers. I prefer the way that the car handles and drift. It suits my driving style better. Um, but obviously super thankful that Aaron and triple S gave me the opportunity to drive that car because yeah. over the few, the few different opportunities that I had to drive it, I've just become more and more comfortable and, and realized more and more that that's the engine set up to go with for sure. Right. Um, so I became really comfortable with that car and jumped in. And I do think that, yeah, definitely, obviously I'm still going to be learning to drive a new car. WiseFab suspension is quite a bit different from the GK tech suspension and the way that the steering ratio is and the way that it feels. Um, but I think it should be still a, a rather seamless transition considering I've got some experience having drifted Aaron's car. Right. Do you have an ETA on kind of when you're, when the car is going to be ready for you to test? Yeah. So we're, we're really close. Um, it's looking like Monday or Tuesday will most likely be fire up. Um, so first time firing up the engine, getting it ready for break in first oil change, that sort of stuff. Um, so that should be Monday or Tuesday. We've already tested the engine harness with, with the ECU hooked up, made sure that all the sensors are working, output tests, coils, inje injectors, all that sort of stuff. So we're, we're pretty much ready for fire up. Um, we're a drive shaft away from being able to actually drive the car and drive shaft should also be here on Tuesday. So um, it's looking like the dyno will be th at the end of this week, possibly Friday or Saturday. And then we're looking at, uh, at getting some testing time at some point next week. Um, I would like to also make it out to the, the spec D practice on the 30th to, uh, to get some, well, we cause there's to, one, there's one more on, on the 23rd. We're out at Stratotech again. Right. 23rds of Strato. So we got that. And there's one, nothing and on the 30th. Got, yeah. And then we have another, uh, obviously we have another one on the end of the month. So 
We'll get okay, lots yeah. of seat time in for you and, and hopefully get it uh, really dialed in and anxious mm -hmm. to see how it goes. <clears throat> so yeah. you said that you're, you're doing the fresh break-in. So this 2J that you guys built, this is a completely new build for you guys, like a fresh block, everything? Yeah, so it's it's a full refresh, not not forged internals or anything like that. It's basically the same recipe as Aaron's car. Um, like you said earlier, having the two cars is as basically what we consider sister cars makes for a lot uh, a lot easier logistically for the team with with regards to spare parts, with regards to to knowing what's going on with the car obviously having the same engine set up the same parts for the most part there's a few differences obviously um aaron's car being rear mount rad um mine being front mount rad um he's got the dog box just things like that um but obviously yeah having the, the same engine package made sense but yeah. yeah with regards to the 2j stock internals just a full uh, rebuild so new bearings new piston new piston rings all new gaskets new timing kit um and then as far as internals upgrades just a set of cams and then uh the uh you know spectrum turbo kit of course so really excited for that we'll be running it on uh, on e85 and uh should be around the same horsepower territory as aaron like we'll be in that 600 to 650 Excellent. sort of mark i think i think when you start going above that you're probably running out of of tire at that point yeah. um so yeah, no, I think you're you're probably right. Um, I remember we did our, our live with Aaron, and we were kind of in that same thing. There wasn't a lot of – I don't think he's had a mechanical on the engine itself that put him out of competition. He's had weird things like uh, power steering failure. He's had, uh, you know, his uh, shifter break right off in his hand, mm -hmm. uh, some damage from hitting the wall. So, like, really minor stuff, but the team has always been there to get him back out on track, whether – no matter what it is. I mean, I remember when he was – I was competing with Aaron and, you know, the shifter was basically like taped back on and, you know, mm -hmm. got him through the run and that, and that's how it goes. Right. Um, I think that's good. Little, uh, you want to give a shout out kind of to the team that's, that's working with you and, uh, you know, maybe some sponsors that have been really there, you know, had your back for years. It seems like you've kept good relationships for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, obviously everybody at Triple S, uh, a lot of talented people over there. Corey, the owners, you know, can solve any problem. Like literally any problem you have with the car, he'll figure it out. Um, you know, and then you got the legend Lido, uh, you know, Filipino man that just has, he loves cars. He's been around them for so many years. Um, it, yeah, it, he's, you know, so much knowledge he you know he knows every little every little part on every jdm car he knows where every little part is in our shop if you need to find something you go look for lito yeah. um and then obviously raymond chung i mean his history uh a man that survived uh terminal cancer and he's he's still giving her he's still building race engines he still wants to be around racing he still daily is an r32 gtr with carbon ganadors um so it's awesome to get to work with guys like that. And, you know, you got obviously Austin and Wyatt, two really young, uh, brilliant guys that, you know, are just kind of, you know, fresh, fresh in the scene, really. Obviously they've been, they've been into cars at, at young ages as well, but um, kind of makes me feel old a little bit thinking that those guys are so many years younger than me right. <laughs> just getting into it. But um, yeah, we got a, we got a great team over there and, you know, I've had the support of the shop for all these years and, We've, you know, we've got a lot of relationships with sponsors, obviously, through the shop. Um, is it, you know, uh, DC Signs, who's been wrapping our cars for years. Casey yeah. over there is, is a good dude, does a great job. Um, 
been working with, uh, obviously, Zestino Tires. You, Sean, have been a, a huge help for me. Uh, there was obviously a couple of times I remember in my career where it was times got tough and, you know, you're – can you, you, you make, you kind of second guess yourself a little bit. Is, is this, you know, is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And every time the answer is always, yes, it's always worth it. So, yeah. and uh, you know, seeing you still giving her after all these years too, still mm -hmm. running this, you know, running spec D running Zestino slinging tires to all these, these drifter kids that are just broke and want to <laughs> go drifting is, you know, you're, you're, you've been supporting it for years and giving yeah. us a place to do this. You and Cecilia both, um, you know, everyone calls Cecilia drift mama yeah that's that's you know that's who she is yeah. takes care of everybody so um yeah you know we got a great community of people um uh you know i've there's there's some great there's some great drift series down in the states with with lone star and you know clutch kickers and stuff like that but the word i've heard from people that have been to both the vibe up in spec d is there's something different about it yeah i i think i think that is too when you when you say like the drift mama in there that's definitely it um just the passion she has. I think she's probably watched more drifting than I have at this <laughs> point. I mean, from all the events that she's been to with my, me and from FD to, to all of it, you know, and I think that's probably being a big driving force is just, you know, maybe your passion for it. She loves to see, you know, people succeed, right? Whether it's yourself. I mean, just a great relationship with you over the years from helping out, like you say, picking up pylons, but you know like sometimes the biggest fans are are us who are running it and we really want to see you know everybody do well and sometimes the doing well necessarily isn't uh you know standing on the top step of the podium you know what i mean i i i'll take us back to yesterday at uh stratotech watching the grassroots you see people that haven't maybe been able to compete um just because of uh you know circumstances i think of cam stupar you know, kind of just been knocked down with uh, whether it was mechanical or the car wasn't ready or maybe himself wasn't ready. He never really had success through the pro series, but to see his car run really well all day and for him to be killing it out there, you know, he was one of the runner ups for driver of the day. Uh, you think of guys like Rick Solinsky, who just uh, um, has a talent there that sort of more natural than like I always say my talent is very much learned I don't have that natural talent to jump in a car and do well it takes a lot of practice for me but like Rick was Rick was throwing down on it like all day yesterday mm -hmm. right um so yeah that's that's the inspiration behind it right and and that's maybe why the community feels the way it does is uh like I'm the biggest fan of our local drifting <laughs> just the way it is um yeah yeah no and and I think you know, having that relationship for the for the sponsors, there's maybe just something that they they saw in you. Like you look at Triple S, those that team seems to just give tirelessly to everything they put their mind to. Uh, you know, they're they're maybe not um, the flashiest thing at you know at at the weekly drift events, but man, mm -hmm. when they come to to like the shootout or any of our pro competitions everything is on point and you can always know that whatever cars they're bringing, they're going to be somebody to contend with. Um, that being said, now you've probably looked through the driver's list of who we have coming to the shootout. Uh, without saying Aaron, who's your biggest competition? Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people to worry about. Um, 
obviously, yeah, with, without saying Aaron, um, there's Drutz and Pollard are two guys that are just looking like they're getting better every time they drive. Um, right. every, every event that I watch them drive, it just seems like they're taking a step forward. Yeah. Um, so, so those two guys first and foremost come to mind for me. Um, but then there's obviously Ian Fournier who's, who's formerly from, who's been and been through FD. He's been through stiff competition. Yeah. Um, he's got a, a fast car, a, a well put together car. So he's going to be a guy to, to really look out for. And then you've got a number of, a number of people coming from the States, um, I believe from the Seattle region or yeah. is that kind of, yeah. yeah so so the Pacific got, Northwest, yeah, they're all the Pacific Northwest region. Yeah. So you got a bunch of those guys coming up. So, so, you know, obviously I don't follow a ton of, um, drift series in the States, mostly with, you know, due to lack of time, but kind of having that, uh, that mystery box of guys coming in from the States gives you another, another thing to think about for sure. So, um, I feel like that Friday practice is going to be, for me, I want to obviously focus on figuring out the car and getting seat time, but also watching others a little bit and yeah. seeing what's out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I have to say, you can't say Aaron just because everyone always puts Aaron. I mean, For multiple sure. championship, multiple championships, uh, you know, when Mr. we go Consistent. to your shop, there is so many trophies from the entire, uh, triple uh, S team just lined up. So it really shows the, the level of driving that that Aaron has that yourself has and uh you know that's just that's great I love going into a shop and seeing multiple trophies it just shows what you know the passion for the sport I guess uh mm -hmm. it's been a long time since you know Aaron missed any of our events so uh I think I think we're looking forward to a really great season especially like the shootout we're really looking forward to it the new track obviously is maybe an equalizer we've changed it uh, a little bit from any of the testing that we've had done and i mm -hmm. think it's just really going to show you know the people that that uh, excel at a new layout how well they're going to do you know in this in the shootout uh what's your opinion on the on like the double elimination bracket uh, yesterday we did that obviously for our grassroots series as well. And some people say it's a little tricky to follow, but what's mm -hmm. your opinion on it? Like from a driver's perspective? Yeah. I remember the first year that we did it in mission. I do agree at first before understanding how it works, it, it, it is a little bit confusing, but once you figure out, once you understand and are able to follow along with it, it's adds a whole different fun dynamic to the competition. Right. Um, it, it creates that, that extra layer of stories. So, you, you know, you have these guys that obviously are haven't lost yet and they're battling in the main bracket, but then you got these guys that have lost once, but have an opportunity to claw back into it. They have an opportunity to get back into the competition and not only get back into the competition, but sit on this kind of King of the Hill, this, this throne that, now the next guy who gets knocked out has to try and knock you off of that king of the hill so he can make it all the way to the end. Yeah. So that makes it kind of exciting. You know, it's like a, it's, it's no longer one and done from a driver's perspective. I think it alleviates a little bit of the stress of thinking that, you know, one single mistake can knock you out of competition. Well, now you maybe get two mistakes possibly. Right. Um, so it, it definitely alleviates a little bit of stress from the drivers. Um, but for me, yeah, that, extra added layer of competition and you know the storylines of seeing the guys that get knocked out but are able to claw their way back in you know, like pollard right chris pollard was knocked out in the, the first battle of the day and then he rode king of the hill from start to finish yeah. right up until third place so yeah. and i believe like you said he 
pretty much did that last year as well. Or was that was it Zandera also? Because she was king of the hill on the other side. She if I'm not mistaken, on the other side, and she took him yeah. out of the, in the finals. In the like finals, for the, right for the third third place. For the third, um, yeah. You know, and that and that's really the the aspect behind it too. Like you say, maybe it takes the pressure off. I mean, um, we know some drivers that when they have the uh, like the pressure of qualifying, it's really hard. They sometimes jinxes them and they, they do poorly is what they normally do. And same thing if they're maybe having just an off day and they're, they got the pressure of the competition. They know if they lose, they're on the, you know, some of that thing goes through their mind where they spent thousands to get there. They've, uh, you know, put hundreds of hours into their car build, you know, drove 20 hours to be at a track. And it comes down to a lead in a chase. And, you know, that's, that's a tough one to do. And sometimes that pressure under the helmet, you're in the car and it can kind of screw you up. And I think that's where the, the double elimination kind of helps out in that it maybe relieves that. So for sure, no matter what, in an event, you're going to have four solid battles in competition, minimum, right? And that's sometimes what what we all need, you know. It's it's going to help, and and that and I, we're running it different, a little bit different than some of the other series where they have like an actual separate bracket for the losers. We just run this King of the Hill, and it's I think it's just a a cleaner and more fast paced way of doing it. And uh, for sure, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy watching, you know, the drivers. They almost get better every single time they're battling it out. And it makes them like a harder king to knock off the throne. Mm-hmm. You agree with that? Kind of. You, you yeah, watched definitely. it yesterday from up in the tower, and you could see mm-hmm. like every run Pollard was getting, you know, more comfortable with the track. He, you know, by the time he'd already battled, you know, four or five people to uh, to get there, so he was like, <laughs> he he drove the most out of anybody yesterday. Yeah, and you're, you're just getting hungrier and hungrier, right? Because you're like, oh, I've made it this far. I've made it this far. You know, I'm, I'm going to leave it all out on the line here. I'm not going to, you know, yeah. I'm not going to leave anything out on the table. So, yeah, definitely added a, a fun dynamic. And, yeah, like like you said, too, the, the pressure under the helmet. Like, I think drifting is a very mental sport, like more so than people realize. There's a lot of, a lot of mental fitness going into drifting. You know, you, on one end, you have to be able to kind of, get yourself in the zone, get yourself focused and ready for your qualifying run or your first battle. But on the other hand, you can't get too inside of your head where you psych yourself out. You still have to be able to like maintain your, 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 you know, be calm, cool and collected and, you know, relax a bit. Right. Cause if you're too jittery in the car, like, I don't know, some guys wake up and they'll drink a Red Bull and they'll drink a coffee (laughs) and they'll go drifting. I can't do that. Like if I drink a Red Bull or a coffee, I'm inside the car and like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, it's just too much. I need to be relaxed. I need to be like, you know, almost like it's, um, like it's your spa really you know you're just in there classical music in the background just going with the flow but still driving balls to the wall yeah exactly right yeah mm-hmm. exactly you saw that adam one i see he jumped into the uh the chat here uh what do you mm-hmm. think should adam benson be uh, registered for the shootout absolutely i think it's been due for two see two seasons now right because he won bro-am in 2020 and uh i remember that year being 
um, being a really fun year too. It was kind of another cool storyline because uh, he and his dad shared that car throughout that series. Right. So it was father and son kind of working together, but also working against each other. So it was really exciting to see those two guys battle it out and hug it out in the end. Yeah. Um, but obviously Adam prevailed and, and he won that entire championship that year and uh, seems to have continuously elevated just like Pollard and Drutz have. They've just, yeah. every time I see that guy drive, it seems like he's, um, you know, continued to do better and better. And um, I would kind of compare him to Aaron Day in a sense that he's like very consistent. It, it seemed like yesterday he won that event by running the same run over every run. He yeah. ran the same line, the same angle, hit the same points on the track over and over again. And that took him all the way to the finals and got him on top of the podium. Yeah. May have not been the most flashy and exciting driver to watch. Like, I mean, you look at Pollard, he came in with crazy angle so many <laughs> times and held it, big smoke, you know, lots of speed. And, and that was exciting. And obviously it, it, it went well for him. But, you know, Adam just kind of held held through with, with consistency. And, and yeah. obviously it takes a lot of skill to be consistent. And that's kind of what, what got him on top of the podium. Yeah, I think I think he took that to heart. We did a you know a little talk like you don't need to be 110%, but sometimes that 90% all the time is uh, is amazing, right? And it just keeps him consistent. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, I hope that he comes out. And uh, and well, he made a comment there. He said, "See you in Mission" in his interview. Yeah. He did say, "See you in Mission." So all I right, hope well, he gets on that registration fee. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he I think to be there. he's got all the safety stuff in the car. Like you say, mm -hmm. the car does double duty with him and his dad. I mean, they probably still come out to the most Thursday night practices and they get a ton of seat time. So I, I'm excited to see, you know, like uh, seeing some of the, the talent that that we have in, in the series and just coming up in this grassroots thing. It gives us a lot of hope for for what's in the in the future really exciting guys exciting drivers like when they're throwing down really hard in a low horsepower car you know as soon as they get a little bit more power behind them they're gonna be you know like mm -hmm. just unstoppable right um I'll throw it out to uh like jerry krueger you could see yep. him coming out I was just just thinking about him i was just thinking about he him. was you know he, yep. he lost his battle because he he was just outgunned his, yeah. He was pushing the, the KA so hard and where it gripped up at the end of the track, it, it he just didn't, there was just nothing left in it. You know, you could see yeah. the car and it was just, that was it. There's no more power mm -hmm. left. Sorry, Jared, I'm going to let you down here. And he just couldn't keep it sideways there. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's another one that would be a great, uh, great addition if, if it's, if it lines up and he can, can find, uh, find the car and get the cage and the seat and the, all the safety stuff there, right? Um, anything you yeah. want to sort of close off with before I let you go? Uh, just that I'm really excited for Mission. I, I absolutely can't wait. Just been counting down the days. Um, you know, we're going to be as prepared as possible with Excellent. everything that we can, spare, you know, spare parts, um, you know, as much seat time as we can going into it. Really looking forward to seeing what uh, what the boys in the States have to bring up to, to Canada and, um really looking forward to the new track layout also obviously really looking forward to the sunday funday um that was a, a ton of fun last year and uh shredding with chelsea on, on the sunday will be exciting especially seeing him back in his first his first uh, uh drift car well we, we we got it it's running uh took it I, for a little blast today and the thing is absolutely mental um so is it getting a muffler or what <laughs> oh it it is it is probably the loudest car I've I've been in, 
and yeah. uh, like being in a rotary car, <laughs> oh, man, that thing is that thing is insane. So we're going to have it over to Triple S. We're going to be dynoing it hopefully in a couple of weeks as well, and just making sure that everything is working top notch. But um, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, so those who don't know, uh, Chelsea Nope is coming out to the uh, Specty shootout. He's going to be judging there. He's hosting a class on the Thursday night. If you're interested in taking that class and you're in the mission area, make sure you just reach out to the page. I'll get you in touch with Chelsea. But then he's also going to be driving on the Sunday Funday. We're bringing out his uh, RX-8 that was built by, um, now his name just jumps out of my head. Come on. Who is he? Ron Bergenholz. Bergenholz. Right. Racing. Right. Right. Bergen. They built this insane three rotor RX-8, which we acquired uh, a couple of years ago during the pandemic. So now that's living up here in Canada. And the thing is absolutely um, rowdy. So we're going to be putting him in there. And uh, again, yeah, tickets are still open. There's still spots available for the shootout. If you want to jump in and, and drive against guys like, Aaron Day and Marco and Ryan Drutz and Chris Bullard and, you know, everybody else is coming out to, uh, to throw down out there. And then also the, the pro bro down, which is you guys, all the pro drivers driving with the local grassroots guys. And that's also available on the Specty website. So. If you're not able to make it, make sure to tune into the live stream. That's, that was a lot of fun. It's a, it's a really solid production. Um, yeah. I, I I definitely recommend tuning into that if you're not able to make it out to mission. Yeah, they have a really good live stream partner and that thing is that thing is amazing. I mean last year we had forty five thousand views on the on the stream total and it was it was great. You know, just the production quality and the team out there at Mission Raceway, we gotta thank them a lot. Um all right, well I'm gonna let you go there. I'm gonna wrap it up. So I'll let you sign out. All right. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to seeing everybody at mission. All right, thanks, man. All right. See ya. That. Well, hey, thanks, Marco, for jumping on. Uh, this guy here, he is like, you know, a uh, fan favorite for years and years already. Uh, his attitude, his uh, never ending smile, whether his car's uh, on fire, whether the engine's popped again, he's still out there cheering everybody else on. And he's sort of that first guy when his car is down, if you need a part off of his car, he's taking it off and giving it to you. So, um, we're looking forward to having Marco back in the grid and in his attitude and just that, that positive vibe, you know, just adding to all the other positive people that are coming out there. So uh, again, uh, jump on the Specty website. If you are a driver in the mission area, if you're going to come out from the Edmonton area and you got your car and you can pass the tech requirements that are on the uh, Specty website for the pro bro down, it's really basic stuff. Uh, most cars can pass that no problem at all. Just jump on there and grab a spot for that. There's limited spots available. So we have like uh, 10 spots left for the pro bro down on the Sunday. And again, like we got Chelsea Denofa out there. We got a few cars for him to be driving and he's going to be shredding with everybody all day on Sunday and just great to hang out with him. Uh, also, if you're a driver that meets the, the pro pro-am rule book, a formula drift that is sort of the the international standard now throughout the u.s and canada there's still spots available there we have also uh there's eight spots available for the for the shootout we're giving away uh like three thousand dollars and also you know pro prospect license um 
again, just a reminder, there isn't any practice this week coming up. So enjoy the week off. It looks like we got a lot of rain coming in the forecast locally. So the next time we're out at Stratotech is July 23rd. Or sorry, I keep saying July. I apologize. It's June 23rd. It's just the same rules as what we do everywhere else. So we just show up, pay at the gate. Gates open at 5 o'clock. And we go till about 8.30, 8.45 and clean up. So, hey, thanks for, for joining in. Appreciate it on a Sunday night. 